Hi, everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britton Frost, and today I want to talk about the differences between cruising on a small ship and cruising on a large ship. Now, the very obvious difference is the size of the ship and the passenger capacity. And so for a lot of people, that is quite often the difference and the 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 deciding factor in whether or not they want to cruise on a small ship or a large ship. It's just, do I want to be on a ship that has 700 people on it? I mean, even further down, but we're going to classify a small ship as anything less than a thousand passengers. Or do I want to be on a ship with 4,500 people? Now, also, I know some of you might be thinking, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. A thousand passengers is not that small, especially when you look at ships like those offered by really small ship cruise lines like Uncruise, where you have less than 100 passengers, when you have ships in the Galapagos that hold less than 100 passengers, when you're looking at river cruises that hold, you know, somewhere between 100 and 200 passengers typically. So, A thousand people still might seem pretty big to some. And, you know, I agree that a thousand passengers is is a lot of people. And I had a chance to go on quite a few ships last year that were about 2,000 to 2,500 passenger capacity. And for me, that feels like a really good size ship. So I was on Celebrity Edge. The passenger capacity of that ship is just below 3,000. And then... This spring, this past spring, um, February and March of 2020, yay, great time of the year, I was on MSC Cruises um, Maravilla, that ship. And I want to just talk about, you know, kind of that mid-sized celebrity ship versus the MSC ship, and then also to look at a silver sea ship that I was on. Um, with my father quite a few years ago, and that was the Silver Whisper with just under 400 passengers um, at the capacity. So we're looking at about 4,500 people on MSC compared to about 2,500 on Celebrity compared to just under 400 on Silver Sea. And for me, you know, that celebrity ship is still considered a bigger ship. That Silver Sea ship is obviously considered a small ship. But what do those experiences look like and how do they differ? And I'm going to go ahead and say this now because I think that it's important to state early on is that I had a great time on all of these cruises. There are some negatives to all of them, um, especially I'm going to speak to my experience and as someone at my age. And when I was on this Silver Sea ship, I was just 18. And so I was young and, you know, I'm not much of a partier. I've disclosed that in former podcast episodes. And so, you know, it, it all comes down to personal preference, but I think that that's important. And as someone who is younger and has maybe a bit more of a mature perspective. I don't know if that sounds annoying, but as someone who doesn't really like to go out and to to drink a lot and to stay out super late, what what those different experiences looked like and how I kind of received all of them. And so I'm going to let us hear a word from our sponsor and then I am going to get into it. So I thought about the best way to organize this and was I going to go from MSC to Celebrity to Silver Sea? 
And I don't think that I'm going to do that. I think I'm just going to talk kind of about what each ship offered and how they compared to each other. So I want to start with MSC because when I was on Maravilla, that was the largest ship that I had been on for a very long time. I do not specialize in large ships. It is not something that I, I do often. And so the last large ship that I was on, and I mentioned this in our holiday episode, was the Allure of the Seas. And that was 10 years ago. And so from, from 10 years ago on the Allure, especially, you know, 10 years ago, I was 15 years old, to now on MSC Maravilla, obviously a lot has changed in the industry. People's interests have changed. What, what ships are offering just in general has changed. And so having a different perspective going on board, being a bit older, being able to take advantage of some of the things that I wasn't able to take advantage of as a teen, like going and sitting at bars, all of those things um, were really nice and something that I appreciated. I think I've mentioned this quite a few times in the podcast, but because I had such a good time on that MSC trip, one thing that we did really often, we did every day was play trivia. And that was one thing that I really liked about the MSC sailing is that I felt like there were so many activities that were offered. There was trivia. There were multiple trivias. There were games. There was shopping. There were there was bingo. There were so many shows. They had Cirque du Soleil on board, which was amazing. And I went to both of the Cirque du Soleil shows and I thought that it was so incredible. And there, there was just, it seemed like there was really something to do at all times. We did karaoke. I mean, I, I kind of took rain in being the daily planner for everyone and looking through the agenda and saying, here's what we're going to do as a group, because there was so, so much to do. And so, you know, if you're someone who likes having a lot to do, that's really good and helpful. And then also you do not have to do anything. You could just sit by the pool all day and, and do that as well. So just because there is that, that extreme, um, kind of offering, you don't have to take advantage of it, quite obviously. Now, if we're going to talk about sitting around the pool, though, I will say it was quite impossible to find a spot by the pool. Um, It was quite impossible to find a chair sometimes on the ship because there were sea days and a lot of people just wanted to sit out. The weather was beautiful. It was early on in the year. As I said, I was there February, March. So, you know, end of February, beginning of March. So everyone was looking for an escape from the cold weather. And I think that I I don't know how much of a role that played in it, but it was really not easy to spend time outside on that ship because it seemed like so many people wanted to do so. Now, that being said, I don't feel like many of the interiors of the ship were very crowded. I think that the pool decks and areas were crowded because there were a lot of people. It was quite hard to order drinks. Um, but you also have to look at what you're paying for, right? You're not paying for a a very, very expensive vacation. Of course, expensive is a, is a relative term, but when you're looking at a silver sea cruise or even a celebrity cruise, you might be looking at, at twice, twice or three times the cost, even from celebrity to MSC and especially with Silver Sea, I mean, you're looking at, at quite, quite a different price difference. So obviously, when you're paying more, um, 
you're you're going to have access to more staff. There's going to be more amenities because you're you're paying more for the experience. And I think that that's just something that we see in life. So, you know, if you want that, if you want to be waited on hand and foot, if you want a butler, if you want people to come and make sure that you're doing okay at all times, then then go for a more a more expensive a more luxurious cruise experience and i think that that's fine i think that it's all about kind of knowing what you're paying for and then being able to manage your expectations and when i was sitting down and thinking about what i wanted to film today i said that one thing that was frustrating for me on msc was that i feel like I was constantly being sold dining packages and beverage packages. And the first couple of days, I just constantly had people coming up to my tables and and coming up to me. And when I was walking through the ship, people approaching me, asking me if I wanted to buy these specialty dining packages. And it was like, no, no, no. But I also kind of feel that way on the more high-end cruise ships where, and and not because I'm being pressured to buy anything, but it's like people are constantly asking you if you're okay and if you need anything. And, and for me, I'm like, no, no, no. And, and sometimes I prefer to be left alone a little bit. So those mid-sized ships sometimes hit a sweet spot there. Not to say that I don't really appreciate the staff on, on Silver Sea, on Seabourn, on these more luxurious ships, because they are incredible and amazing and so able to anticipate your needs. And it's such a good experience. I do not want to feel like I'm putting that down at all, but there is a tension in that way. And so if you prefer to be left alone a little bit, you know, that might not be the experience that you want. Anyway, I went off on a tangent, but let's talk more about activities. So on Silver Sea, of course, there are activities. And also, Silver Sea just announced that it is going to be more inclusive than ever. So Silver Sea is now including airfare and excursions, more excursions in each port in your cruise fare. And because of that, it's really easy to, when you're in port, have things to do. Whereas on a bigger ship where the excursions are for sale, you you might not even want to get off the ship because there might not be things that you want to do. You might be going to a large port where you feel like you can't really explore on your own. In a lot of the large cruise ports, you're kind of trapped in this location and you either have to spend a lot of money with an independent tour company or a lot of money with the cruise line to be able to take an excursion. So on those trips, a lot of people do end up staying on the ship and then you run into this problem again of having the ship being very full at all times with a company like Silver Sea, who is now including excursions, you can assure that you're able to get off the ship and do something that's interesting to you. They also, Silver Sea has shows, they have music. I just wouldn't say that these luxury ships are as, as adamant or as focused on giving this party experience where you're doing trivia where you have poolside trivia, where you have these late night dance parties on celebrity, you have silent discos, you have events in the clubs and, you know, I mean, just all of these different things. And so the experiences are just very different. And I think that, you know, something that I really talk about often is how customizable a cruise experience can be. This is really a great example of that. And 
So I don't want to say that because you have air and because you have excursions included and because you have all of these things, that one is necessarily a better value than another. I think that, you know, you can pay a lot less for an experience that will suit you quite perfectly. You know, I had a friend who went on an MSC sailing and I think paid under a thousand dollars for four nights. And and had a beverage package included. So she had what she felt like was a really inclusive experience for a really good price. And that that is not to go unnoticed. And then to, to be able to have these fun activities to do. Then on the other hand, you know, my, my Silver Sea Cruise with my dad that I took that I'm speaking about on Silver Whisper was one of the, the best cruises I've ever taken in my life. I felt so taken care of. The food was amazing. I really enjoyed my fellow passengers because you're on a smaller ship. It's really easy to get to know people and you know, you'll, you'll continue seeing the same people. Whereas on a larger ship, that might not be the case, but again, that might not be what your priority is. And so it's really important to just look at kind of what you're looking for, what your client is looking for out of the cruise experience, and then being able to, 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 to provide them with that. Um, I, I want to go back to celebrity for a second because I feel like I keep saying MSC versus Silver Sea, and that's like comparing apples and oranges. You know, it, it's same category but completely different experiences. With celebrity, I mean, I think that you get these elements of both. You have a higher staff ratio. You are crew ratio. You have less people on board. And so you do get some of those uh, more luxury feeling traits from a mid-size cruise line or company, especially a company like Celebrity, which is an upper premium line. Now I'm, I'm using these three examples because they are my most recent examples with the exception of the Silver Sea trip. Um, not because I think that celebrity is better than another cruise line in the same category or the MSC is better or that Silver Sea is better. Um, I, I have to admit I'm the type of cruiser who every cruise that I go on, I have a ball and I love it. And all of these experiences were incredible. Otherwise I, I wouldn't be talking about them if I had a bad time on board. Um, but with celebrity, you know, I was on celebrity edge and, that felt, you know, there was enough staff around. I never felt like in on, on Holland America line on New Stottendam as well. I never felt like I had to go out of my way to get help with something where I did maybe on a larger ship. Um, but I didn't feel like that help was just there consistently like I might on a smaller ship. And so, I mean, it really is that that mid-range. I will say that on those mid-sized ships, though, you do have a lot of activities just like on the larger ships, especially with a company like Celebrity. Celebrity is a very fun cruise line. They do silent discos. I, I mean, they're... It, Celebrity cruises are always the cruises that I am up the latest on, that I drink the most on, just because a lot of a lot there's a lot of young people, and I'm talking young people like 40s, um, who just like to stay out and do things, and so I think that that's a good experience as well. Now, you know, as far as the quality of the cruise, obviously, as I said. With something where you're paying more, you're going to have, I mean, just most of the time, think about it in terms of restaurants too. Most of the time, you're going to have better food. You're going to have better amenities. You're going to have better shampoos in your room. You're going to have better 
linens. It's just, that is just how it is. It's the difference between staying at a Hilton and staying at a Ritz Carlton, staying at a Four Seasons. You know, it's, if all of those things are fine, you just have to know what you're paying for and what you're going to get out of that. So I don't think that a, a big ship is necessarily better than a small ship. I think that you just have to know that if you're on a big ship, if you're with 4,500 people, it might be hard to find a seat. And I don't think that that should come as a surprise. If you're on a ship with 400 people, then it's probably going to be easier to get in places and to find places to lounge. So I, I think that all of that should come as a given. Now, I think that one other difference that you're going to see between the the bigger ships and the smaller ships is the clientele. And, you know, I think that on big ships, you often have a lot more children, a lot more teenagers, a lot more young people. Um, When I say young people, I mean people my age 20 in their 20s, because that's what they can afford for the most part. Now, that's not to say that someone who is 25 years old cannot afford a Silver Sea cruise. If you can, I would like you to send me an email, please, and I will gladly accompany you. But oftentimes, you know, people my people my age, people in their 30s are, are still saving and, and don't have money to take these really nice voyages, which is not always the case. As I said, you know, when I was on my Silver Sea cruise, there was a kid, there were a ton of teenagers, there were uh, teenagers traveling with their parents, there were young couples. But for the most part, you were looking at older, older professionals. And, you know, that was something that I appreciated. I met a group of Australians who owned an art gallery and that was so cool to talk to them and, and get to know them. And I, I, I kept in touch with them on email for a really long time. On these bigger ships, you might be looking at people who are looking for a, an, an inexpensive way to get away. And especially with a drink package included, people who like to party. And, and I think that that's okay. And I, and I definitely do not think that that is always the case. Like on this MSC cruise, there were a lot of older couples as well who I had a really good time getting to know. For example, we were bowling one day. Again, something that you can only get on a large ship is going to a bowling alley. And that was so fun to bowl at sea. That was like a bucket list thing. And there was an older couple next to us who were bowling and I kept seeing them throughout the ship. But, you know, there were a lot of couples too. So it was quiet. It wasn't always busy and it wasn't always partying. And there were so many restaurants and there were ways to get out of the dining room. And my, the, the, the dining staff were very attentive and my steward, my, my cabin steward was very attentive. And so I think that, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't have a butler. I didn't have someone that I could call at two in the morning to bring me French fries, which did happen on my Silver Sea cruise, not from me, but a friend of mine did. And, you know, someone who's, who is really there at all times, uh, 24 hour room service. But I did have someone who I could, I felt like I could reach out to if I didn't have a towel or if I needed something, I knew that I could talk to Marlon and that I could, my, my steward and that I could, I could get what I needed taken care of taken care of. Um, same thing on celebrity. When I was at a bar, when I was having a beer, I was socializing with, with the bartenders and with the staff, um, because they had time to do so. There was enough staff to do that on silver sea. 
I was able to really, you know, I had a, I had a, an experience where I was with a gentleman in a hot tub and he called someone over to bring him his sunglasses from his pool chair. And, uh, and, and they did, I was, I, I didn't know what to think of that, but you know, some people just really want that experience or someone's going to do everything for them. Um, and so, I mean, what this all comes down to is that I, I really do think that all of these experiences were great and all of these experiences were unique. When I was on MSC, I had a really good time doing activities, going to karaoke, playing trivia, hanging out with, with my friends that I made on board, going bowling, going down a water slide. And that, that part of the experience was great. Was the food the best food I've ever had? No. Did my mom, who was accompanying me, have to pay a pretty penny for a drink package? Yes. Did we have to pay for specialty dining experiences? Also, yes. But I don't think, oh, we had to pay to go to Cirque du Soleil. But I don't think that any of those experiences kind of made the cruise feel any different because that was just what we were anticipating, being on a large ship. When I was on my celebrity cruise, I really appreciated the variety of activities that they had. I thought that the food was pretty good. I thought that, you know, I was getting a good deal for the drinks that I was getting. I thought that that I, I really liked the sweet class on celebrity that feels a little bit more luxurious to me. I like the sweet class restaurant. Um, I will link some articles about these as well, because it's hard to kind of talk about them all in this way. And then on silver sea, my dining experiences were amazing. The staff was so good. I, I mean, it was a good itinerary as well. We were going through Spain and France. So what's not to love, but you know, I, I do think that I, I know multiple journalists, which I'm a journalist for those of you who don't know, who have done similar cruises and who have done, you know, kind of the variety of, of cruise travel that I'm talking about, where they go on small ships and they go on large ships. And I think that everyone kind of has the same perspective that I do. It's like, you just have to know what to expect out of your experience. You have to manage your expectations accordingly. And then you have to you have to enjoy it and, or you don't have to enjoy it. But I have a friend who does a lot of small ship cruising, mostly luxury cruising, but then was on a Norwegian ship with her niece and they loved going and, and doing go-karts on board. Or was it, I was it go-karts or was it bumper car? I think it was go-karts. Anyway, like just to have this kind of option to do something that's more low key and smaller scale or to do something where there are these this numerous amount of activities and i think that that's what makes cruising so special and i do harp on that often because it is true i talked to someone the other day about this is that i really do think that there's a cruise experience for everyone i just don't think that everyone knows it because the cruises, they just differ so, so much. There are so many different kinds of ships that you can go on. We'll talk about expedition in the coming weeks. We will talk more about river. I just wanted to address the large ship versus small ship kind of argument, I guess you could call it. Um, just 
just to give my perspective and my perspective is that I, I think that both are really good experiences. I think that you just need to know your client, know yourself and, and what recommendation to make. If someone is not a partier, do not put them on a ship with 4,500 people because the noise alone is a lot at times. I, I had a hard time sitting by the pool and reading my book, but I found so so many other things to do. So that that is what makes cruising so special is the ability to kind of tailor it to your own needs. And if anyone has any questions about what I'm talking about today, you guys can always contact me. My email is britain.frost at gmail.com. I will link that in the description. I'm going to link some stories about my celebrity trip and I will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.